So we've come here today out of our, outside of our normal, regular programming of 8.30 and 10.30, as has been for decades here at St. James, because I'm not sure how often this happens, but it happened this year that our feast day of St. James and St. Philip fall on a Sunday. And it seemed to be an opportunity after a long two years to gather together again to celebrate. So today is a celebration of St. James the Less, our patron saint, but it's also a celebration of St. James Paris, the community, because we have been through a lot, as have many other parishes, as, have, as has our community, our province, our country, and indeed the world over the last two years. And finally, finally we can get together and celebrate fellowship and communion in the way that we always have, or at least for as long as I've been here, and I'm sure as long as you've all been here. And so we celebrate. But if you think about it, Christian forms of celebration are very inefficient, aren't they? Indeed, all of Christian worship, from how God instructed his people already in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, seems remarkably inefficient, doesn't it? You have all skipped through those parts of the Old Testament, right? The long, drawn-out descriptions of exactly how and when the animal sacrifices were to be made. The long descriptions of how the temple and the tabernacle were to be furnished. The clothes that the priests were expected to wear. It's all very, very inefficient. And we often hear this same complaint today. Why do we have to go through all this rigmarole as Christians? Isn't it just easier to pray directly to God and to be done with it? I suppose. But then if you look at the way that we as a church have, have celebrated, have worshipped and prayed over 2,000 years, all of it is remarkably inefficient. And for someone like me who grew up with a good Protestant Dutch work ethic, Man, oh man, it's like how many corners we should be able to cut, get this through. Reduce worship to like a podcast and a playlist, a TED talk with some inspiring music and be done with it. That's the most efficient way of prayer, isn't it? And yet I think as Anglicans we know that prayer and worship are not supposed to be efficient. They are not supposed to be efficient because they bring us fuller and deeper into the mystery of God. Because that's why God has made and ordered his worship to be so inefficient. So strange even. I mean, bread and wine? Seems like an odd way to worship the creator of the universe. But it seems that that's the way that God has asked us to worship him. Think of some of the practices that we do. Some of you may be thinking an icon, really, and to put water and oil on it seems kind of ridiculous. Look at the hat the rector's wearing. What a fool. I'll tell you about the hat some other time. All the preparation that goes into for the music and the behind-the-scenes work of getting the altar ready. The vestments, the candles, everything that goes into it is remarkably inefficient, and we could just save a whole lot more money if we just got rid of it all, right? But maybe the inefficiency and the costliness is exactly why we worship the way that God has asked us to worship. Because real worship and deep prayer have to cost something. 
They have to cost our time, our effort, our energy, and sometimes, yes, our cash. Why? To remind us that everything we have is a gift from God, including the gift of this parish family that we cherish as our home, as our family. It is through the inefficiency of prayer and worship that we are brought into the deeper fullness of the mystery of who God is. So why an icon? We know that icons are very big in the Eastern Church. And it may seem strange to us to say, well, that's for the Eastern Orthodox people. Well, not so much. I know in the history of St. James, and I'm going to point you out, Father Bob, normally I don't like to do this, I, I've heard a story of an icon that was here. Does everyone remember the story of Father Bob's icon? There was an icon here, and then it disappeared when he left. I think he wanted it back. But the reason icons are a big part of our worship is because it's in Scripture. Jesus himself is described as the icon of Christ. Now, if you don't read Greek, you're going to miss that because in Greek it says he is the icon of Christ. Our translations often say he is the image. Christ is the image of God. And so icons, like the icon we blessed of St. James the Less, are to remind us of who Jesus is, of who his saints are, and who we are as part of members of his body. Because our role, our mission as the church is to live, to serve, to give, to offer, exactly in the same way that Christ offered himself. We are to be living icons and we have icons of the saints to remind us of who we are and of who God is. Another remarkably inefficient form of Christian prayer is the intercession of the saints, of praying with the saints. You may hear people describe this as praying to the saints or worshiping the saints, but I assure you that it is not. Because think of it in our own lives. When any of us are ill or sick or need prayerful support, what do we do? We call, we text, we send an email, we say, could you please pray for me? We have a very vibrant prayer team headed by Brenda and so many others. And when we pray, we pray with and on behalf of each other, raising up our petitions and prayers to God. It's the same way with praying to the saints. We pray with them because they are praying with us already. We, even, we don't even have to ask them. They're already doing it for us on our behalf. Maybe think of it this way. There's a trend in modern churches to have really cool and edgy names. And I'm not going to repeat any of them because I don't want to upset anyone who may have family members to go to those churches. And I'm not trying to disparage them. But they have really kind of neat sounding names. But what's, what's missing is this sense of naming churches after saints. Because that's the way we've always done it. And I know we've all, you know... We get tired of hearing that refrain in the church, well, that's the way we've always done it. But there's a reason why we've always named our churches after saints and why we've named them after particular saints is because it reminds us of who we are as Christians, as followers of Christ. St. James Paris is named after St. James the Less. Not because we think he's the best saint, not because we think he's especially worthy of particular honor. We name our church after him because, like us, 
he shows, I mean, like him, he followed the way of Jesus Christ and he stands as an example for us how to follow in the way of Jesus Christ. Because that's what the saints do. They point us to Jesus. They show us what it means to live as friends of God. They remind us of our earthly vocation to follow in their footsteps as they follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Again, it may seem remarkably inefficient. Why ask St. James to bless our parish? Why not just ask Jesus? Well, why not? Of course, St. James wants what's best for the church in the way that Jesus does. In the same way that we ask our friends and family to pray for us who want the best for us, so we as a parish family invoke the prayers of St. James the Less so that he may bring our requests with us and on our behalf to our Heavenly Father. It's remarkably inefficient, I know. But again, as I said, the whole Christian life is remarkably inefficient. Why would Jesus take 12 uneducated men from all walks of life who had no reason to be together, who would disagree with each other constantly, and then pull them together and say, this movement that I've started, I'm going to put on the backs of these guys who have no idea what they're doing. They constantly misinterpret and misunderstand what I'm doing, and I'm going to make them do it when I'm gone. Terrible idea from a strategic planning perspective, isn't it? But that's the whole reason of the inefficiency of prayer, to bring us into the deep fullness of the mystery of God. Because it's all about relationship. In our own relationships, be it with our marital spouse, our children, our friends, our relationships are very inefficient, aren't they? And they should be. Because can you imagine if you reduced your marital relationship or the relationships of your friend as one of being completely about efficiency? It would just be terrible. It would seem wrong. It would just, it would not gel with us. And I think that's the wisdom that God has given us as he has shown us how he wants his saints here on earth and his saints in heaven to join together in one great communion. Because it's about relationship. About getting to know the saints in a deep and intimate way to seek their friendship. Why do we seek their friendship? Because they show us how to live as friends with God. They bring us deeper into that relationship. And so over the last two years... We've been away. We haven't been able to grow as close as we like to have been. Out of necessity, we've had to be apart. But the great miracle of the way that God has ordered his church is that even though we were physically apart, we could still be spiritually together. But boy, oh boy, isn't it good to be together physically in the body. So it's in times of trouble that yes, we seek the intercession of the Lord, but we also seek the intercession of his friends. Because his friends are our friends, our friends are his friends. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. Did I get that right? I think, yeah, okay, good. It's about that relationship. And so we honor and give thanks for the witness of St. James the Less. And I said earlier uh, in the week that I was going to talk a little bit about who St. James the Less is. I'm not going to do it in the homily. But I will tell you that when we uh, gather in Lloyd Millward Hall to eat, on your placemats there's a little trivia question. 
about St. James the Less and who he is and why he's important. And the goal for us going forward, my hope and prayer, is that we will develop a deeper friendship with St. James. Not just in name, because that's the name of our church, but a deep and reliving relationship with St. James, the person who stands before the throne of the living God, who intercedes for us on our behalf, our brother, our friend. So let us take this opportunity to renew our commitments to one another as the parish family of St. James, but also to renew our commitment, inefficient as it may be, with all the heavenly friends of Jesus Christ. Because as they are, we hope to be one day too. But we join here together with them, although we can't see them. We join with them and all the heavenly host to sing praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray.